Welcome, flower friends, to the Local Flowers Podcast, where you'll fall in love with local seasonal blooms even more by hearing the stories from flower farmers new and experienced. I'm your host, Rochelle, from Freckled Bloom Flower Farm. Welcome. Why, hello, friends, and welcome to week 21's farm update here at Freckled Bloom. So last week, we did a recap of Mother's Day, and I combined week 19 and 20's recap, and so now I'm getting back into the flow of things. But I gotta say, it's been extremely busy for me. So if y'all are tuning in now, I am the sole operator, farmer, marketer, business person, farmer florist, mom, wife, maintain this 40 acres that we live on while my husband works his full-time job. So I got a lot on my plate and I will say this year a little background and I'm sorry if you're hearing this for the millionth time but I used to work in healthcare. I spent 20 years working towards a healthcare executive leadership role and only to have it end with a layoff. And, you know, although that was challenging, frustrating, and there was a lot of emotion that went with it, it was kind of the blessing in disguise for me. But I felt the need that now that my day job was gone, I had to produce out of this farm. And I know many of you probably are feeling this pressure as well, but it's more internal than it is from my partner, Matt. But I felt like that, you know, for now my third year, the last two years I've lost money because I've been dumping so much of what was my day job's salary into building this farm. And so just those numbers at the end of the year have been shocking and depressing to be honest but I have to remind myself and I've reminded him because for the last you know oh gosh 15 years we've been growing Christmas trees which they take on average from 8 to 10 years to grow that in the beginning years when we were doing Christmas trees we were dumping our paychecks into those trees (laughs) and so I like to remind him that yeah I'm going into my third year and the the input costs and those upfront starting your farm costs are starting to dwindle more, but the building a farm is expensive. Expensive, And that's going to vary on your space and what you're putting into it and your acreage. But it is. It's super expensive. Now, I have this beautiful piece of land that we've lived on for nearly 15 years. And I have a lot of infrastructure that went with it. And my husband's knowledge and expertise as a farmer that I've relied heavily on. But there's still the shovels, the drip tape, the, the plants. Let's Let's talk about the plants because it was funny. I had gotten some mum cuttings and we're sitting there and I'm unpackaging them and he's saying, how much do those cost? I just, he had just picked up Christmas tree seedlings. He's like, yeah, they cost me about 50 cents a piece. I'm like, Matt, these cost like $8 a piece. And he just like a bright eye. And I was like, yeah, this is not cheap. These flower bulbs, even the flower seeds, you know, it adds up, especially when you're trying to grow so 
so many of them. And so, yeah, I feel like I've been on this roller coaster of I have to produce. And as a result, I have wore myself out. And I am... I mean, shoot, we're only in week 21. I was so excited for this season, but now I'm feeling very run down, tired, and over it. I'm like looking at the finish line and dying to be there at this point. And it's just been a good lesson learned for me. You know, I had all these high hopes of, you know, taking notes every week and doing all these things, and I'm not. I'm really kind of sucking at everything else, including my house duties, like just trying trying to keep up and as a mom feeling frustrated like I'm telling the kids you guys I'm working so hard you could help me or you could pick up your laundry and make it a little easier if you want a happy mom you gotta help me out here a little bit guys but yeah this year it's really been the survival year and I keep reminding myself that I'm going to get through this and at the end of it I'm going to reevaluate what I'm offering you know it's Memorial Day weekend and it would be a flower weekend although I have found that it's not that big of a flower weekend most people are camping and enjoying time with their family and putting flowers on graves has become a tradition that maybe hasn't been upheld by the younger generation. So it is that carrot that was dangling out there like, oh, everybody else is selling flowers. But I told myself, no, I just came off the biggest weekend ever with Mother's Day. I'm still trying to get caught up. I have seedlings out there in trays that are like in desperate need of planting and I said that I wasn't going to stock the stand. Was that lost revenue? Absolutely. But I'm not sure it's that big of a lost revenue and I got to get those flowers in the ground. As wedding season is picking up and just having my CSA and all the orders that folks are putting with me, I really got to focus on getting my farm work done and this first succession planted. But kind of going back to my just original thought is I am learning that I did make a mistake. I made a mistake jumping into this year trying to do all the things that I have wore myself so thin and yeah, it's just me out here. Do I need some help? Absolutely. And I will need to reevaluate this in what I'm calling the evolution period when the season is over, but I need to slow down to go fast. My friend James, we trained for a half marathon and he read this book or something about uh, running and uh, you have to go slow to go fast to build your endurance. And I feel like I tried to sprint out of the gate this year with my business and really paying the consequences for it. But I made some commitments and I'm going to follow through with it. And like I said, I'm just going to take some real time to look through my lessons learned from this season. So this week has been all about getting stuff planted. I had put some peony roots in pots because I wasn't sure where I may have 
gaps. And so I'm planting those peonies in the spots where I do have gaps. And unfortunately, I'm not, I haven't heard this or seen it and people are probably just aren't posting about it. But I got botrytis bad in my peony crop, uh, which is very disheartening and means I will have to rely on some amazing flower farmer friends to fulfill my peony orders for these upcoming weddings that I have, which is great. I'm happy to support them, but it's a really big bummer for me because the one big crop of peonies that I could have harvested this year, the buds are miniature, they're covered in brown and it's I'm assuming it is the botrytis and I think the challenge is we had such a cool wet winter and then we snap like that we hit 90 degrees and this heat up and we've not returned back to any rain or any we've had some cool weather but I think that that just killed my peony crop which is unfortunate if you guys are experiencing that I love to hear it because I really haven't seen much information out there about botrytis in the peonies 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 whatever we want to call them (laughs) going to my conversation with Austin this week um whatever call it what you may you get the point You know, I experienced that in the tulip crop, which I'm just, I've burnt all of those bulbs. I, even the ones that bloomed out in the crates, technically I could probably try to resave. Nope, they went in the burn pile because every, I'm telling you, almost every tulip bulb had that moldy, mushy, disgusting tulip fire. So I think with this winter being so wet and just that transition to extreme heat has kind of screwed some of our flowers. The one flower that is super shining in my space right now are the bearded iris. And I know that a lot of people are on the fence about them, but they make my heart sing. They're just so cool and so pretty. And I have a lot of them really truly for me and the beauty and because here on my farm I am learning as I'm evolving as a flower farmer is I don't want to just cut everything. I want to enjoy it as well. I want to invite people to my space. They want to see flowers here. They don't want to see green. So I need to have those areas that are truly beautiful that can create this experience for my customers and the bearded iris do that for me. I did try to put them in my CSA bouquets last week week and they were beautiful. I always recommend this for everybody. Keep one of your CSA bouquets. Treat it with absolute crap so that you can really understand what your customers are experiencing. If you give them all the advice of changing the water, removing spent blooms, like you should do that. But try leaving that bouquet alone so that if anybody has questions or concerns, you can use yours as an example of what you should do and what you should not do. And so I kept one of the bouquets and the bearded iris that I did put in the CSA bouquet, it was beautiful at first and it did have additional buds all the way down the stem. And I thought it would be kind of like a gladiola where you snap off the spent one, the next one would open up. And they did, they just didn't do that beautiful of a job. It's just such a beautiful flower in the garden and way more magical I feel like than in the bouquet. Now is it gorgeous for like event work and 
specialty bouquets, like a bridal bouquet? Absolutely. If you want that stunner piece in your floral arrangement, my perspective, they will do it. They will be the flower that everybody is like, what is that? And just the cool colors and combinations that really are within that whole family of bearded iris are endless. So they're gorgeous. But I still feel like I have a gap. Now, I'm in the mountains, way cooler. My neighbor down the road, she's already got peonies and peonies and um, mine are still just buds. I've been checking them for the marshmallow stage and they're not there yet. So I'm in this kind of bloom lull and this is where having perennials is an amazing thing because those perennials are killing it. But it's still just not enough yet. I still have ranunculus. Funny story with the ranunculus. The ones that I planted in the field where, you know, I had planted a pastel blend of pinks and whites and I did have some purple in there. And yeah, that pastel blend is like a rainbow of reds, yellows, pinks, whites, purples, like it's (laughs) not pastel. So I have a wedding next week in which she wants ranunculus. So I've been reaching out to all my flower farmer friends and everybody has kind of told me, sorry, we're done, we're done. But yet I still have one row that's closer to the tree line, which is cooler and shadier and it still hasn't put up blooms yet. And so this just is a reminder to me that I actually have an advantage there. And this is a great example of living in your space really observing every inch of it. See what does well in one area versus another area. If you have a cool shadier place, maybe that's a place where you could plant ranunculus, for example, like me. So I can extend that season. Actually, I just finished planting thousands of snapdragons. I plant them closer to the tree line and they don't get that extreme heat. If they do, they don't get that afternoon noon heat because they're shaded and so I'm able to have snapdragons all year round. So I have really learned a lot this year just with their ranunculus, the peonies, the tulips, so much growing knowledge this year just about those spring flowers and what I want to do and what I don't want to do. And I'm still on the fence about ranunculus. Man, I have watched my friend Priya at Raising Joy. She was on a previous podcast. She is killing it, girl. Oh, her ranunculus are beautiful. And I'm just over here looking at mine like, wow, these are really pathetic. (laughs) Maybe this is a crop that I give up on. And as a farmer florist, I just support my beautiful flower farmers that are killing it, that are growing these beautiful crops. Because that has been one really big lesson learned for me this year is I can't do everything. A farmer florist, you just juggle so much between whether you're doing everyday deliveries, if you're doing weddings, that's a whole nother ball game that we should probably like have a whole special episode on. I have like three coming up. So it might be a major debrief on the wedding model. And I've had this experience where brides are coming to me right now for a wedding in less than a month. As a farmer, I can't grow anything at this point to meet their color palette. So it's whatever is in my field. 
And it's also been a good learning experience for me as a farmer florist focusing in on weddings. Do I want to do the full service weddings? I'm really leaning against it. I knew at the start when I did one of my bigger weddings that I didn't want to do them, but I'm really learning now that I don't want to do them. And I'm kind of leaning more towards, you know, this is what I've got. You tell me your colors and I'll kind of give you a price sheet on what are focals, fillers, and foliage. And it is what it is. I'm not going to get into the specifics about the flowers. If you have a specific flower, we'll talk about it and I'll let you know if it's a seasonal bloom. But I am learning real quick that it's just too much. It's too much for me to manage this farm. It's too much for me to manage this intense floristry business, especially when it comes to weddings. And that if I'm going to continue with the wedding route, I got to simplify it for myself. And so actually I'm doing a lot of DIY buckets this next month and I absolutely love it. They tell me what their color palette is, and I've really pitched that idea to a lot of the brides, and they've been loving it. Now, I'll do their bridal bouquet, which they want a little more special touch to that, but I've been really kind of pitching, get your friends together on a Thursday. Design all the centerpieces. Do it yourself. It will be a really fun opportunity, and you'll get to enjoy those flowers so much more. And I have like four weddings so far where the brides and their partners and their families have really supported this idea of doing the DIY buckets. And yeah, I think it's something that I'm going to continue with. Now, on the flip side, there's been a real harsh reality of the price of flowers. I love going to the Oregon Flower Growers Association to not only support my local flower farmers when I need to fill my gaps, but it's also great research. I'm watching what the flower growers within this community are growing and I'm also checking out what the price of the blooms are and how much they've grown within just like last year. I was shocked last year how much they grew but they've really grown which is great because the farmers should be getting paid what they want but there's a huge gap between what folks are paying at the wholesaler and what the retail customers are willing to pay. And so I'm factoring in my percentage as, you know, a retail farmer florist, you know, working from the wholesale price and factoring in kind of the retail piece of it and just my cost. And as I've sent out my price sheet, I've had a lot of customers not respond, which at first I was like, oh, but at the same time, I was telling my husband the other day, that's okay. I'm okay with people walking away thinking that they could go buy grocery store flowers. Uh, they could do it themselves. They could do it cheaper because in reality, they can't. Even if you went to Costco or some big box store, you're still going to spend a lot of money on flowers because I don't know if you guys have been in any of those stores recently, but they still cost a lot of money and they look like crap. So I know that when they start kind of doing the math, especially with the DIY buckets and seeing the price per stem, it gets to be a lot, but that's where we're headed. That's the thing. Everything is expensive. 
from our food to our gas to all the things. And so that's why I've been really kind of pitching this idea of the DIY buckets because yeah, the flowers still might be a little bit spendier, but you put in the labor to make the arrangements, whereas you're not paying me for my floristry skills and you enjoy that experience. Plus, I've been really pitching to my couples of try bud vases. Try a simplified approach and really making those focal blooms or even the filler blooms be beautiful on their own. And I've had a couple weddings where it's actually worked out perfect and it's been beautiful. And then people can work within their budget. So this next week I have a wedding which is a DIY wedding, but I am doing her bouquet. And then I'm also doing a career fair at the school. My CSA, which includes my every other week subscribers and my monthly subscribers, so 30 plus people, is next week too. So it's going to be intense. And I've really kind of tried to slow down this week, although I still have been working every day from the time I get up to super late at night, but trying to focus on the farm work this week so that next week I can pivot. I don't know about you guys, but as you're managing kind of this floristry side of your business, I'm finding just it's so stressful and it makes me want to cry to be perfectly honest just the office, the admin side of the business. I know I need to respond to that person, but I really need to get my crops in the ground. And this dance between the two different worlds has been a struggle for me. I will fully admit it. And I feel oftentimes like I'm failing in both, especially this year. And that's why this next winter, I really need to focus my energy at what I want to do, what I can do well, and finding that balance between it all. With all this said, you know, as I was looking at my field, I left my dahlias in the ground. I had taken most of them from cuttings last season and planted them. Didn't really get to see a whole lot of blooms because they were delayed and we had a really bad storm. But I was like, I'm not digging them up. I'm leaving them in the ground. And I doubted myself all winter long that they were going to be dead and I just wasted all that money, time, and energy. But guess what? They're coming up. And they're coming up through the the daffodils foliage and looking great and I really don't have that many holes that potentially those tubers died which is super exciting and it's just a reminder that I encourage you to dare to be different. My flower farm does not look like everybody's flower farm. I don't have landscape fabric. I plant things way too close. I plant way too many things all together in the same row. I am maximizing that bed to full potential. My lovely husband put all this irrigation in and I really haven't used it because I enjoy watering them with the hose because it's my time with them to inspect their health to do the weeding and I actually really enjoy it it's my mental health time and people probably cringe at everything I do but I don't care this is my journey and I'm working my butt off to enjoy it for myself and I just dare you to be different 
to do what makes your life better and what you want to do and to just put the blinders on when you're talking with folks and when you're looking at social media to just really experiment with your space and your plants and your designs and your business. If we all were the same, then it would be boring. So just be yourself. Another thing that I want to digress on for just a moment is I have been so frustrated lately. I feel like I am not being taken seriously, that I'm not this legit farmer because most don't even know what I'm doing. The fertilizer guy came out to talk with Matt and I swear to God, everybody that comes into this farm for my husband, (laughs) they look at my stuff and just are like, what? But then they see the traffic on the weekend, especially at my roadside stand. And I just, you know, laugh inside like, yes, I am a legitimate farmer. I may not be farming a huge circle of row crops and doing the traditional tilling and all the things, but I am a legit farmer. And I know you guys are listening to this and I want you to hear it too. We are legit. And the more that we tell our story and the more that we show how we are working our butts off and most of this is hand labor, not by machine, and really telling our stories and building up the beauty and the value of local flowers, we will be taken seriously. We are new to the agricultural industry. So the more you tell your story, the more that these conversations get heard, the more that local flowers will become more available and appreciated within our communities. So I digressed. Sorry, you guys are really getting it. I'm tired. I'm emotional. And... (laughs) I've got all the things in my brain that this episode is getting full of. So, (laughs) plus, I probably need to take a vacation. My kids have been like, when are we going to go camping? And I'm like, you guys, like, and I try to remind them when I grew up, we did not go on vacations in the summer. My parents were farming, and that was a time in which we were putting food on the table. So, constantly reminding them of the life that their dad and I are building together right now, it takes hard work. It doesn't just happen with a snap of a finger. So I really try to communicate with them and share with them not only the vision, but why we're doing what we're doing and what potentially is at the end of this said hardworking rainbow (laughs) and that we can enjoy this beautiful place that we created, that they can have their friends over during the summer and they can enjoy swinging on the swings and swimming in our pool and having popsicles on the back porch and building their childhood with those beautiful memories versus being stuck on an airplane in a crowded space. There you go. This is me trying to make myself feel better about not doing all the trips in just this constant hustle I am so learning the value of my work and my flowers and how I really am not selling these cheap there probably was a time which I was because I was learning and I didn't know any better but boy am I learning and I now have this attitude if you think it's too expensive find somebody else because I value myself and my flowers and I know that there are people out there willing to support me and pay for them well friends 
I need to get outside. We have had no rain, like I mentioned, and my husband planted Christmas trees several weeks ago, and we've seen no rain, and there is no rain in the forecast. So the master builder, Matt, has, we have this uh, tank that we built, well, he built, as a result of the wildfires of 2020. We learned real quick, if you don't have power, you don't have water. And so he has created a water contraption that if we ever did have a fire, it works off a generator and we can use it to put out fires because that's where we live and we have to be self-sufficient here. Although there are resources out there, oftentimes we have learned the hard way that we have to be able to be able to put things out ourselves and put in the work to save this place. And so Matt has done that and he's not only using that as kind of wildfire prevention, but we're also going to be going and watering Christmas trees seedlings so they don't die because we have had no rain. So we tested it out last night and now the children are going to get to go water Christmas tree seedlings. So this is where my world collides. I've spent more time in those Christmas trees this week than I have in my field, unfortunately, taking out Christmas tree sticks. And uh, so, yeah, I will get my favors back because I have some exciting news. I am getting my workshop. Matt is building a shop so we can store our equipment and he can have his space and I'm going to be remodeling our old shop and it's going to become my flower shop and I'm super excited about it. It's going to take some time because it's going to be expensive and I need to sell a ton of flowers to help build that space. So I appreciate you being here. This is just me. I am the host, the editor, the marketer. I'm doing it all. And if you would love to support me, I would appreciate anything, any contribution, because this does cost me my time, the resources to host the website and the podcast and if you'd like to donate to that cause, I'd appreciate it. You can Venmo me at Freckled Bloom Flower Farm and I'll include a link. And I just appreciate you and these conversations and I hope they're helpful. Well, friends, have a great week and we will see you next week. Thanks. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for joining in to the conversation and together all boats will rise and local flowers will be blooming fabulous in all of our communities. So if you are a fellow flower farmer that want to join in on the conversation, please reach out to us to get you scheduled for a podcast episode. And if you're just listening in and enjoy the podcast, please share with your friends, your family, and everybody you know. We really appreciate it. Thank you.